grab your Bible and get yourself something nice to drink. And let's jump into the Word of God together today. I believe that God is leading us by His Spirit into victory, into blessing, into the fulfillment of destiny. So it's very important that we study God's Word because it creates a path and a guide that is very straight and illuminated for us to walk on so that we accomplish all that God wants us to do and that we walk and live a life that's very pleasing to the Lord. Hallelujah. Today we're going to be in Numbers chapter 12. Okay, so let's jump over there and let's open up with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful day. This is the day that you have made, and we're going to be glad and rejoice in you all day long. We thank you, O oh God, for your goodness and your blessings in our lives. Thank you, Father God. Let your Holy Spirit come now with quickening power that we might take your word and apply it to our lives today, because you are positioning us for this new season of blessing that we are now in. We bless you and praise you in Jesus' name, and together we say amen. Hallelujah. Numbers chapter 12, verse 1, Then Miriam and Aaron spoke against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married, for he had married an Ethiopian woman. Well, there's, there's no problem here from Moses' aspect. It would appear that Zipporah, his wife, has died, and he simply wants to get remarried. And, you know, here in the context of this story, really the theme is the dangers or the perils of speaking against godly leadership, making false accusations, and a lot of backbiting, gossip, and really slander. And this is something that we as believers need to be very careful about, that we don't misalign the servants of the Lord. Because when God calls a man or a woman, we all know that outside of Jesus Christ, there has been and will never be another perfect person. In other words, every minister that God calls and ordains and separates for the work of the ministry is not going to be a perfect person. They're going to have mistakes. They will have certain areas of weakness and uh, in their life and so forth. And if you were to look intently with a with a twisted desire to try to find something to you know, maybe hang your hat on as an excuse of why you shouldn't listen to what they say. I'm sure if you looked hard enough, you could maybe find, uh, you could catch them on an off day or a bad day. Any minister is acceptable to that because they're human. But nevertheless, nevertheless, even as imperfect vessels, it, it is God who does the calling and who does the choosing. And you want to be very careful with these types of things because it really got Aaron and Miriam. I guess we should say Miriam first because she was kind of the ringleader of this tongue attack against her older brother. Verse 2, so they said, and uh, this would be uh, Miriam and Aaron. Notice how Miriam was mentioned first. So they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses? Has he not spoken through us also? And the Lord heard it. Now, we're going to talk today primarily about verse 3, about humility. But you can't, you can't just kind of jump into that without seeing the, uh, the impact of this very dynamic scene. And you know how it unfolds with Miriam being uh, stricken 
with leprosy. So uh, here's, here's what's going on. At this time in Moses' life, he has been appointed by the Lord as the leader. Now, we do understand that uh, Aaron was greatly involved in the leadership, but he's still not the leader. We understand that Miriam is greatly involved in the leadership, but she's not the leader. She may be on the leadership team, but God called one person to be the leader, and that was Moses. Now, it is true that God had also spoken through Miriam. After all, she was the prophetess, could take up that tambourine and dance and, and worship and bring everybody else into a spirit of worship. But my friends, you have to be careful. As long as we're on this earth, we have to watch out for the old nature of the flesh. And that old flesh can rise up in jealousy. And really, that's what's going on, is that the authority, the leadership position that God has given to Moses, Miriam wishes she could be in that position. And she's not. So she's pouting and she's griping and she's actually verbally attacking God's man. And really, in essence, what she's doing is she's accusing. Now watch this. This is this is amazing. She's actually accusing Moses of being arrogant. Now, Moses would probably at this time in his life be in his early 80s. Aaron would probably be right around 85, 86 years of age. And Miriam, who is uh, Moses' older sister, would be in her early 90s. So, you know, from Miriam's perspective, she knows that this is God's man, but she has lost that respect. And now it's like, hey, you know, God speaks through me too. And hey, after all, I used to wipe his rear end when he was my little brother. I was the one that watched him go down to the river and had a part in overseeing that he doesn't get eaten by crocodiles. And so she had really lost that reverence and respect that you should always have towards a man of God. Oh, yes, you can have fun. You can eat with the man or woman of God, enjoy them and stuff like that. But you need to always know that they stand in a ministry office. There is, there is the person, there's the minister. The minister's not under the anointing all the time. Not all the time. But even when they're not under that anointing, even when they are uh, kicked back in their house and they put their feet up on the, uh, on the footstool and take their shoes off, they're still God's man or God's woman. And they still stand in the ministry office, praise God. And you always need to remember that. You always need to treasure that. Same thing with, with leaders. The president, hey, he, he may have worked a full day. He wants to go home and spend some time with his wife and uh, maybe see what's on TV. And maybe you are invited over to the White House and you see him there with his feet up. Uh, he maybe doesn't have his suit on anymore and he's just drinking an iced tea watching TV and you think, ah, he's no big deal. No, no. He stands in an office. He stands in an office. You, you don't ever want to lose that respect, whether it's your employer. Okay. Or a person that uh, is in a position of authority, a, a position of honor. You always want to keep that in, in your mind. Praise the Lord. Well, Miriam, <laughs> she let that go completely out the window. Not only has she lost respect for her brother, the leader of Israel, she's now verbally attacking him. And she's basically uh, saying he's arrogant. Now we come to the classic verse three. Now the man Moses was very humble, more 
than all men who were on the face of the earth. Wow, this is really interesting. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Moses was a very, very humble man. His sister is attacking him, criticism, backbiting, slander. We, we know who the origin of that is, and she has yielded to the devil. Satan, his name means adversary, and it also means accuser, accuser of the brethren. So his name is, is also a title, but it's, it's also a job description of what he does. He is the accuser of the brethren. So Miriam and Aaron, you see Aaron's weakness if we were to say that he had a weakness would be, he would not take a firm stand and he, his weakness was wanting to please others. Just go along with the crowd. He should have said, Hey, Miriam, Hey, look, we, we, we're both related to Moses. Okay. That that's cool. But I'm not touching that guy. He's God's man. Mm -mm, I'm not doing it. You do what you want, but I'm not having anything to do with it. But see, he gets pulled into that same thing with the golden calf. Uh, Moses is up on the mountain and the leaders of Israel come to, they come to uh, Aaron and say, Hey, you know, he, he's been up on that mountain a long time. He's probably gone. Maybe God just took him off the earth. You know, Hey, you, you lead us. Let's, let's make a, let's make an idol. And you know, Aaron gave in. So that was his weakness. He should have, he should have put the kibosh on that as we would say, but it's Miriam really, who is the one leading this verbal attack, devilish attack against God's leader. It's basically an assault on him from a perspective of accusations. He's an arrogant person. Who does he think he is? That's, that's why the contrast with verse three is so different. It's so day and night different from what they're actually accusing him of. They're actually accusing him of being arrogant when the truth is he is the most humble person on the planet. Praise the Lord. Is it possible to be the CEO of a corporation with let's say 20 or 30,000 employees. And out of all of those people, you could be the CEO, the very leader at the height of uh, the directorship and leadership of the whole company. Is it possible that you could actually be in a position like that and still be humble and not only be humble, but be more humble than anybody else out of the thousands that work for the corporation? Yes, it is possible. Here is Moses leading uh, two and a half to three million Israelites. And out of all of those people, he is the one who's most humble and he's in the highest position. Very, very, very interesting. I guess we should ask another question. Is it possible at the same time to be both humble and famous? Is it, is it possible? Well, ask yourself this. What, what does it mean to be famous? It, how could we describe it? It would be to have notoriety from the sense people know your name. They know who you are. They've heard of you. So let me ask you a question. Have you heard of Moses? You're probably saying yes. Well, the very fact that you've heard of somebody that lived thousands of years ago, and yet you have still heard about him means that that's a famous person. Okay. So Moses was famous Moses was a great leader, and at the same time, he was still humble. So yes, you can be famous, you can be at the forefront, and at the same time, you can be humble. Not only that, you could be even the most humble person in the whole room. Mm, very, very interesting. 
very interesting. Did you know that right now, right now, somewhere on this planet, walking on planet Earth right now, there's somebody, a man or a woman, who in the eyes of God is the most humble person. And don't think for a minute that God doesn't know who it is. He knows exactly who it is. Look, look at this again. Now the man Moses was very humble, more than all men who were on the face of the earth. Two people knew it. Two people knew it. God knew it. God knew that Moses was the most humble man on the face of the earth. And today, God knows today who is the most humble man on the planet. Guess who else knew it? Who wrote the book of Numbers? Who wrote the first five books of the Bible? Moses did. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that can't be because if Moses actually wrote this under divine inspiration, he's He's being arrogant. He's saying he's the most humble person. Well, we need to talk about that today. Praise the Lord. Mm. Glory to God. Right now on the planet Earth, there is somebody who is the world's wealthiest person. If you're really curious, you can find out within one minute. Go to Google, type in Forbes, you know, wealthiest list, and it will list the top 400 wealthiest people on the planet from number one to number two. Well, Pastor Stephen, nobody knows who it really is. Oh, no. Inquiring minds want to know. They not only want to know who's number one, who's number two, who's number three. And, and here's another thing that you need to know. There actually are people that want to be in that category. There are actually people that would like to break into the top 10. Hmm. Very, very interesting. But yes, the world knows. The world knows who the world's strongest man is. They have a competition every year with different uh, weight events to gauge the overall factor of who has the greatest strength. And the biggest, most powerful men from around the planet gather every year to find out out of all these big guys, some of them weighing literally over 400 pounds, who really is the strongest person on the planet? And, and again, they know every year it's decided. If you wanted to know, you could find out. And not only that, there are people pressing into that category. Oh, Pastor Stephen, I don't, I don't really have any interest in trying to make the top 10 in that group. Well, that, that's okay. You know, the Lord's aware, the Lord is also aware of all these natural things, but he actually keeps spiritual statistics that a lot of people don't even know the Lord's tracking this. But if you walk with the Lord, you'll find out the Lord does know, and those that are in the race that are in the pursuit, they know it too. God knew that Moses was the most humble man on the planet. And Moses himself knew that he was the most humble man out of every single person living on the earth. So the very thing that Miriam is accusing him of, the exact opposite is true. You're arrogant. He is actually the most humble person on the planet. He steps back. God calls them all out before the tent and has a little talk and judgment falls. And then Moses has to jump in there and intercede. <laughs> very, very interesting. But my friends, I think, I think that if you will stay in your place 
a blessing. If you will stay in your lane of calling, you can move potentially to the top if you want it and if you pursue God with all of your heart. It's very, it's very interesting how this works. You know, uh, many years back, the the wonderful prophet from India, Dr. DGS Dinah Karen, he talked about the time that he had a vision. The, the Lord took him into a vision, and his spirit was caught up to heaven. And Brother Dinah Karen, he had been praying for some time because Billy Graham had come, come to India. When Billy Graham came to India and gave the salvation call, I mean, people responded just like, I mean, it was pulling the nets in. It was people getting saved, and it was phenomenal. And Dr. Dinah Karen said he had never seen anything like this before, an evangelistic gift on this level, where you stand up, present the gospel, give an invitation for those to receive Christ, and just people pour in. He, he was amazed by it, and he had been praying. After he, saw, after he saw Billy Graham minister, Dr. Dennis Karen had been praying to the Lord over a period of time, Lord, this is an amazing gift that you've given Dr. Graham. I'm, I'm amazed by such an empowerment of your spirit to give a person a gift like that. Lord, I would like to have this gift myself. Lord, I would like to bring in souls like that. Lord, I would like to be able to be used like that. What an amazing gift. And after praying and seeking the Lord for uh, an anointing along that line, that's when he was taken into a vision, and he was caught up into heaven, and there he was shown some things that were very interesting. He was shown a monument in heaven. There were multiple monuments, and on the monuments it had rank and category of people and different different categories of how they ranked and he saw this one huge monument and at the top it said salvation and it had a list of the world's greatest evangelist on it and he could go he could look all the way to the top of the list and it said the number one evangelist in the world and it said Billy Graham Billy Graham was at the top of that list and that's you have to also understand that corresponds with God's calling and assignment for Dr. Graham, his place as an evangelist, his calling to the nations, and uh, and uh, Dr. Denny Karen said he could look and see at the very top, the number one name on that list, it said, it said Billy Graham, the world's greatest evangelist. But this is what's interesting. Next to that monument was another monument. And this one said, salvation and baptism in the Holy Spirit. And on this one, you've got another whole group of names that are different. So you have just the, the monuments for evangelism, and there's, there's a call from God to specialize in that area. And then there's those that are called, and they specialize not just in salvation, but also in baptism in the Holy Spirit. In other words, they're saved, let's get them filled with the Spirit. And that, that's one of the things the Holy Spirit has given to, to me uh, from the Lord Jesus, of course, is the, the ability to get people filled with the Holy Spirit. It is, it is rare when I go to a meeting and I minister after I'm not talking about when I'm preaching, but after I finish my preaching and then I, then I begin to minister to the people in the spirit, it is very, very rare. If I ever have a meeting when I do not get people filled with the Holy spirit, 
and usually it's a group because uh, I'll find one that doesn't have it and then that person needs it okay let's get the others that don't have it and that want it and let's get it let's get everybody filled with the Holy Spirit that would like to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit so that's something that the that the Lord has given to me but that was a separate category there was salvation then there was salvation and baptism in the Holy Spirit and then Dr. Jenna Karen said there was another monument and this one said compassion compassion and he looked and at the he saw all of these names and at the very top the number one name the the number one person in the earth the number one person in the world who walked the strongest in the compassion of Christ and it said DGS Denikaran it was him and so he knew that everybody in the world he had a gift and had an anointing in that area that was stronger than anybody else. And he did. He was known as the apostle of love, the apostle of compassion. And if you ever watch old videos, because he's in heaven now, full time, he, he, his life ended and he graduated on to heaven. But if you ever watch his videos ministering to the large evangel- evangelistic outreaches, uh, you would see people, uh, multitudes that had so many complexities and problems and difficulties of life. But as he would just talk, you could sense supernatural comfort being ministered to the people. So he had a very, very uh, remarkable anointing of compassion and comfort and selfless love. And that's what he was known for. Praise God. So my friends, God keeps records. God keeps statistics. And God knew who the most humble person on the earth was. Moses knew that it was himself. That's not arrogance. That's just knowing a reality. And you can actually walk in a reality like that and be humble. Now, here is why I believe that the Holy Spirit is having me teach this today. I don't think it's just another message on humility, although those are good. We need to understand that we need to be, always be aware of the danger of arrogance and pride. It was, it was pride that got Lucifer kicked out of heaven, and he began to uh, be ungrateful, to be, began to be unthankful. And be very, very careful about that because it's, it's, it's being unthankful that can cause you to get into pride. And then, as it says in the scriptures, uh, pride comes before destruction and an arrogant, haughty spirit before a fall. And it's all set up by not being thankful for what God has done in your life. So you need to be a very thankful person for all that you have. And of course, all that the Lord is doing in your life. But I believe that here, here's what I'm trying to say. The Lord had to get Moses into a place where he was grounded in humility before he could put him in that tremendous capacity of leadership of leading two and a half to three million people. He was a powerful leader, a dynamic leader, great leader. Uh, The world has seen few people that had the authority and the leadership anointing such as what Moses had, but he was very, very humble. And you, you have to be grounded like that so that you don't abuse the authority and the empowerment that you have. Praise the Lord. So, you know, it, it was much earlier in his life when he thought that he could deliver the people of Israel who were captive in Egypt through his own ability his own charisma, his own knowledge, and his own 
you know, natural tendency to lead. And if he failed miserably, he, he murdered a person in the process and he left and he became, began to just take care of sheep and he took care of livestock in the, in a desert type area. But the Lord began to work with him and began to teach him about what it is to be strong and be humble, to have authority and power, but to have a very humble heart. And when he was prepared, God had him ready. That's when the calling came forth. So I believe the Lord wants you to be grounded in humility because something is coming. Oh, I'm not talking about, you know, 40 years later. I believe there's something coming in your destiny. Well, God has, he's already got it pre-planned for you to stand in a place, operate in a place, influence from a place where you have weight, you have authority, you have the ability to make an impact, and you need to be aware of that. And so you must be a person that understands that you need to be humble. Praise God. Glory to the Lord. And as you do, God can lift you up. As you are humble, God can lift you up and do great things in you and through you so that he will receive the glory. I think there are some things that God wants to do in your life that are stupendous, that are amazing. I would even go so far to say that there are probably some things that God wants to do in your life that are even genuine, certified, miraculous. And guess what? He might not even want you to tell anybody. He might not even want you to tell anybody for six months, maybe not even for a year. He might not even want you to say anything about it at all, particularly maybe to certain people. It's just, it's just something he wants to do. Well, Pastor Stephen, shouldn't we tell? Well, there were times Jesus told, he told people that he that had received healing through him. He would tell them, don't go out and tell people. There was a reason for that. There was a reason for that. Don't go out and tell people. And often they would go, that's the first thing they do. They just go out and start telling people. And that, that was wrong. When the Lord said, don't tell people, he meant it. He meant don't tell anybody about what has happened. Very, very interesting. You have to learn to walk in humility. Praise God. Glory to the Lord. Hallelujah. And yes, you can be in a place of leadership, you can be in a place of notoriety, you can be extremely well known and still, and still be humble. You know, I think it's interesting when you read the Gospel of John, you come across a statement several times about a certain disciple that Jesus loved. And you think, well, that's interesting. Didn't he love all of his 12 disciples? Well, yes, of course he did. But there's an unusual statement mentioned several times that there was a particular disciple that Jesus just really had a, a deep connection and relationship with. And then when John closes out the book of John in John chapter 21, verse 24, he says, that disciple is me. Whoa, well, that's pretty arrogant, John. No, that's, that's just the truth. My friends, that's, that's the truth. And, jo and John knew it. John knew it. He knew that he was that disciple. He knew that he had something where his relationship with the Lord was deep. You had, you had Peter, James, and John. They had a deeper relationship than the other nine. But even out of the three, John had something where he had pressed in in a certain way. See, a lot of that's up to the individual. It's up to you how far you want to go in that field, in that area that God has called you 
in that grace or in even as we should say in the fruit of the spirit there is somebody on the earth right now in the church God knows that on this planet right now is the most sacrificial giver on the planet and I look here you know I, I would also present this whoever that person is I would highly suspect that that person knows that they are that person I, I would suspect that they would even know it <laughs> Woo! do you know who the fastest man in the world is if you know anything about track and field you know you you know it's Usain Bolt at least until somebody breaks his records which could be pretty hard to do by the way he also knows he's the fastest man in the world mm. praise God I, I'm I'm here in the state of North Carolina the state that most believe brought forth the greatest basketball player ever Michael Jordan well pastor Stephen I wonder if Michael Jordan knows who's any good no he knows he's real good he knows he's the best he actually believes he's the best and I believe that he is praise God does that mean that somebody else couldn't come along and possibly outdo what he has accomplished perhaps so but until that's done he stands at the top <laughs> if you were to look on the basketball monument at the very top Michael Jordan and he's earned it praise the Lord but my, my friends it's, it's interesting these little things whether it's uh, Moses number one in humility John number one in intimacy into the heart of Christ you know you could even you catch these little things in the Old Testament you even see that Joshua Joshua um, was not even Joshua's real name his real name is Hoshea and and it was Moses who gave Joshua a nickname well why would he do that Pastor Stephen he liked him there's something about Moses that just picked up on it there's something about this young man I think I think he could be the one one day I think he could be my successor you know as a spiritual father there will eventually be a spiritual son as a master eventually there will be a mentor and and you know what out of the 12 spies two held their ground and stayed faithful it was Caleb and Joshua and really when you read the stories about it as you can even go into it in the next chapter it looks it looks from just reading from the surface that even Caleb was ahead of Joshua but there was something about that Joshua uh, Moses connection and Joshua really knew how to uh, just serve Moses and you'll find out that when you read through the uh, the book of Numbers and Deuteronomy that when Moses was there at the tabernacle hearing from God you'll actually find out that so was Joshua I mean he was there and so uh, all in all Moses picked the right successor and, and God told him to he said Joshua is going to be the one that will fill your shoes once you're gone he's going to be the next leader after you so my friends you see those little things because even Moses gave Joshua a nickname well how come he didn't give the other leaders tribal leaders a nickname I don't know I don't know why, why did this thing with John and Jesus why was that clicking so well I believe it all comes down to the individual who pursues God it's it's destiny calling knowing your field your stream of calling and just seeing how far can you go in this praise the Lord and a lot of that my friends is up to you 
Woo. Glory to God. So right now, somewhere on this planet, there is a number one person walking who in the eyes of God is the most humble person on the earth right now. Oh, Pastor Stephen, God, God doesn't keep records like that anymore. You'd be surprised. You would be shocked at the records God keeps. Here's the thing. They also change a little bit because if you have a person that's number one, let's say you have top five, but eventually that person's going to live their life out, go home to be with the Lord. What does that mean? It means there's a vacancy. Who's going to fill that vacancy? The person that was number six now moves up to number five. Mm. Very, very interesting. Glory to God. Glory to God. God's taking you somewhere into a place of leadership, into a place of, of, of responsibility, and to, into a place where they look to you for inspiration, for faith. And you'll be that person. But my friends, walk in humility. Walk in humility. That was, that was one of the um, key attributes of Moses. Woo, hallelujah. So build up and strengthen the strengths that God has given you. Focus on that. Really push it and go for it. Hallelujah. Woo. We thank you, Father. Lift your hands, Father. We thank you for the grace, the beautiful ornament of humility. Mm. We thank you, Father God, that it's also possible to stand at the forefront and be a great leader in the sense that others would say a, a person that's elevated, but still be humble, be greatly humble. So, Father, we give you praise that this virtue be in our lives as well. We thank you that this was the key virtue of Jesus. Jesus was the master of all the graces. Oh, God, we thank you. Oh, we praise you and worship you. Thank you, Father God. There's, a, there's a revelation knowledge flowing. Some of you are like, I'm going to start running towards this category that I feel I'm supernaturally supposed to be tracking. Lord, we give you praise and we give you glory. Hallelujah. We give you praise and we give you glory. Praise God. My friends, make sure you are pursuing the things of God. There are things that the world esteems as lofty and glorious, and it's all going to burn up and be worthless on the day of judgment. Go after the things that have eternal value. Let that sink into your spirit. Go after those things that have eternal value and live your life fully for the Lord. You'll never regret doing that. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Let your anointing continue to fall. The spirit of revelation of wisdom and revelation continue to flow. We give you praise. Thank you, Father God. Thank you in Jesus' name. We give you all the glory. Amen. Let's take communion together today. Grab some unleavened bread and some grape juice. Praise God. Hallelujah. Father, we bless the bread and the juice. We thank you for it. Woo! Look, as you humble yourself, the Lord's going to lift you up. Watch. Mm. Lord, we thank you. Father, we consecrate this. This is now the flesh and blood of Jesus, our Savior. Father, we give you praise. We receive his body now. We receive his humility now. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus. We have right standing with you through his shed blood. And because we are in him, we are also in you. We now receive his blood. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Let's drink together.
Praise the Lord. Now the man Moses was very humble. Very humble. More than all men who were on the face of the earth. Pursue the Lord. May the fruit of the Spirit. May the virtues of Christ be rich in your life. I met a pastor one time that after I had spent a few days with him, me and Kelly left. We both sat in the car and looked at each other and at the same time said, that is the kindest person I've ever met in my life. I've traveled the world. I have never met a person ever who walks in a level of kindness like that. When me, when me and Kelly talked about it, we didn't even know it was possible for anybody to walk in a level like that. Mm, I, I'm convinced that he's top five in the world. I've, I've never seen anything like it. Never had seen anything. I didn't even know it's humanly possible to be that kind. Woo! <laughs> we'll go after the things of God. Mm, hallelujah. Heaven is cheering you on. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time. God bless you. Bye-bye. For more information about the ministry of Apostle Stephen Brooks, visit our website at stephenbrooks.org.